0: Hi everybody, Eve Harrow, Rejuvenation on the Land of Israel Network. Beautiful day, June 13th, 2023, f- 24th day of Sivan, 5783. And if I say that, I sound like a beautiful day with like a note of wonder. We've had like really weird weather. Um, rain in June, which never happens. So obviously there's crazy stuff happening everywhere. Um, apparently the meteorologists were looking to see the records about rain in June, and they didn't have any that, as long as people have been given keeping records, which obviously isn't that long, um, they have no record of it raining here in June. very, very strange, um, but it seems to be strange everywhere, all these terrible fires in Canada. I was with people from Toronto last week, and they were just keeping an eye on what was going on in Ontario, and just awful, and even, and, and I'm sure a lot of you felt it in the northern United States, because borders don't stop the air from blowing, and it's really, really crazy, and, and uh, wow, I just hope wherever you are, you're breathing well, and, uh, and you're okay. So I've had a really interesting last week, been all over the place, been working like crazy, balancing my private guiding with my work for One Israel Fund, which is really taking off, I have to add. We have a great, maybe I'll interview her, we have a great new head of Israeli operations, Rechali Vassal, and she knows tons of people lighting lots of fires and uh, and putting out other fires. Is that going to be the theme of today? Anyway, she uh, lots going on. I've got three day trips coming up that are going to be, out there, very soon, um, there's a little bit of a delay because of all the changes in the office. And so July 13th, the southern Chevron Hills should be a really great trip, including Tena O'Marim, which nobody ever gets to. That is where they absorbed a secular community that absorbed the very religious people from Morag and Gush Katif. And so uh, they just also had an infiltration there a couple weeks ago. So lots of talk about holy cacao chocolate, great lunch at Cafe Ronel overlooking the Judean desert. So that's July 13th. And then August 22nd and 24th, two wine days uh, up in the Shomron and Binyamin area. So yeah, not that many trips that I'm putting out um, this summer because it turns out that I'm traveling more than I thought I was. First two weeks of July, first two weeks of August, I will be in the States. Um, going to be at Beth Shalom Synagogue in Lawrence on the Shabbat of July 8th. That was just closed this week. Had a great talk with the rabbi there, lots of interesting topics. So that should be great. And the Shabbat before, there were some personal plans that got canceled. So I'll just be around in that area. And if anybody, if any of you want to meet up, I'll be in New York City. I'll be in New York, New Jersey. Anybody want to meet up, talk about what's going on here, talk about getting involved in what's going on here. Be in touch with me, obviously, privately, eve.harrow at gmail.com, and, uh, and we'll see what we can do. So last week, I was up in the north, hadn't been there in a while, Golan Heights is so beautiful, did the uh, little like the ATV rides out towards the border with Syria, very quiet there now, but of course, as we know, things can change super quickly, so what we do here is... We take advantage of situations when we can and, uh, and make the most of it. Super beautiful. Stayed at a really nice hotel, Gome, on, uh, on the Kinneret, just north of Tiberias, right near Migdal. Never stayed there before. Really nice, amazing breakfast, beautiful pool. I was out there at eight in the morning. My favorite combination, cold water and hot sun. So, uh, ran around. I was with... Uh, a group of Jews and Catholics and lapsed Catholics and basically people on a search, which is what so many of us are, and the the greatest place I think to add to that search is israel because it's just all around the spirituality the places the understanding of why people went where when what the terrain looks like super special um so done a lot of churches in the last week and it's always like so interesting obviously for me as uh, as a do it's maybe not obviously it's not a religious experience it's a cure it's an academic experience it's a it's fascinating for me. It's obviously I'm in there to educate and to teach. So, um, but I'm always so interested to see who else is in there, what else is going on. But I think I do that everywhere. Also in Yad Vashem, less crazy about guiding Yad Vashem, but it's something that has to be done. So guided Yad Vashem, the Holocaust Museum twice in the last week. Again, always super interested to see who's in there. Um, I was in there with somebody whose background is Hungarian, not Jewish-Hungarian. Interesting perspective. She remembers her, her grandmother talking about how they, the Jews of their town were rounded up, shot, and thrown into the well. So it's interesting for me because I hear a lot, of course, from survivors and from people from the Jewish perspective, don't always get the opportunity to speak to somebody uh, from, you know, from the not Jewish side. And so really interesting conversations and, and different perspectives all the time, like gathering it in, um, ridiculous amount of curiosity that I have, but it's really great. And it, like, you know, it doesn't always, it makes me change my mind. It makes me not change my mind. It makes me want to look other things up. Speaking of which I'm reading a book now, I'm not going to mention the book by name yet, because I want to be in touch with the author. Um, since we were in Egypt. This is going to be kind of a free flow podcast if you haven't gotten that yet. Um, After Egypt, so I'm just fascinated by so many things about Egypt. So I picked up this book about some of the treasures that were found in King Tut's tomb And what they say about life there, which is actually pretty cool. For example, I mean, one of the things that they found in there is a chest is a box. And apparently in ancient Egypt, you had like your box, right? And that's where you kept all your family treasures. I mean, it was like that also, I know from reading books and, you know, in the older days, or even now, you know, you had your special box in, in the Western world and that's where you kept your, your quilt that someone gave you for your wedding and, you know, all those kinds of special things, um, and I was looking at the pictures that were depicted, I think there were three chests like this that were found in Tut's tomb. And I was thinking, well, of course, like the Ark of the Covenant, we had our box, we had our beautiful box where we kept our special things. The special things happened to be really special, like a jar of mana, and the, uh, you know, the Ten Commandments, the original ones, the broken ones, the whole one. So yeah, we had a really special box. But... um Very, like a lot of stuff. And also because I was also guiding City of David and we were in the Coachell Tunnel Tours and really getting into the first temple period, getting into the second temple period and a lot of what that means and how, you know, there was that, Um, attempt successful. I don't know. I wasn't there to get people into the temple with music and with incense and, you know, into a large building that might've scared people. So, um, you know, intimidate the size of the building when people really lived in small homes. Anyway, it was just like a a lot of stuff going on and I love it because it draws on so much of the knowledge that I have and makes me like put things together, um, in a way that I hope, you know, can resonate with people. And, uh, and have them understand a little more what the ancient world was like, what the Jewish world was like, why Christianity starts, uh, the differences between the early, the religions then. Also, guided was in the um, Israel Museum. And and talking about the Dead Sea Scrolls a couple times this week, and also what does that mean, and why are there differences in the scrolls, and why were certain scrolls were writings that we never heard of before? Who were the Essenes, uh, the people that apparently wrote them? Not necessarily do we identify them? Why were they mad with uh, the ruling class in Jerusalem? So just like a lot of stuff that really you know has me flitting back and forth between the past and the present, Um, and always also trying to drag people into my world. Like we did the Kotel Tunnel tours twice. I was with different people. Excellent. I have to say really excellent guides in the Kotel Tunnel. Very impressed. But one of them talked about, she was talking about how they were excavating and they had Palestinian workers in there up until a certain point, which was under the Muslim quarter. And then they, and then not. And then she didn't elaborate. And I said to her like, you know, why did you, first of all, why did you call them, you know, Palestinians, not just Arabs? Because the words do matter. And she said something along the lines of, well, I wanted to show that we were working together. And I said, I don't think you left that impression. You needed to add a sentence or two. So um, basically she said, well, if people aren't, aren't bright enough to understand what I was saying, then it doesn't matter. But it does matter. And it's not a matter of people being bright or not. When we immerse ourselves and live in a certain world, we don't understand that there's a lot of people out there, most people, who don't understand the little nuances. And we do have to add that extra sentence or two. We can't make those assumptions that people, know the little differences quite the opposite I don't make that assumption at all and I really try and explain even for people who are not trying to be nasty or against they really want to know it's you know there's just a lot of ignorance out there because people haven't been taught something not because they're stupid just because they no one ever bothered to explain it to them um, in a way that they would understand and so that's kind of you know where I put myself in that um, and hopefully, hopefully, you know, making a little difference in any way that I can. Um, I'm excited to be the MC for, uh, the dinner for the Michael Levin Lone Soldiers base next week. Richard Kemp, Colonel Richard Kemp is the guest and he's amazing. I've met him before. So that should be interesting. You know, just try to, like you said, <laughs> think I'm having an interesting time. Definitely have an interesting time. Speaking of dinners, even though I did gain a kilo last week running around with my tourists because like we were eating at Dex and all these amazing places. Like I'm not, I'm going to pass up that food. Had goose liver for the first time. Don't think I'll be having it again. Um, I'm not such a big meter anyway. Definitely an experience though. I can see why people like it, but I think I'll take a pass. Also very fatty. Uh, anyhow, so back to the dinners that I haven't, uh, stopped going to. So tonight there is a dinner for a It's 40 years Since Efrat was founded, uh, honoring Rabbi Riskin and his wife and some of the people who really helped that happen, we showed up five years later. As I said before, I think on my last podcast, this Shabbat, 35 years since we made Aliyah. Pretty amazing, really pretty amazing. Still, still in awe of of that event and uh, bringing the kids all together, the the kids and the grandchildren together. Just have a little barbecue and acknowledge the huge difference that we made in their lives by taking that decision to move here. Something that all of us, all of them thank us for. Even though it's not easy. It's definitely, um, especially when they see what's going on. We came from Los Angeles, especially when they see what's happening in the States, especially Los Angeles. Well, I just heard, I don't know if this is true or not that California is about to pass legislation that a parent, is considered an abusive parent if they don't allow their child to go through a sex change. And if there's a divorce, the parent who is on the side of the kid wanting the sex change is automatically going to get custody, no matter what else is going on. And if that parent is a decent parent and can raise the child properly, I'm like, if this is true, this is like even crazier than ever. I'm going to be in LA in early August um, speaking Shabbat, God in residence at Jacob congregation, but like, Whoa, what, what on earth is, is happening here? Uh, just like so, so many crazy things. Well, it's hard to, so Israel a little bit moving in. Okay. I just heard that balance in hospital is, uh, allow, and I don't know if this is true. I hope it isn't. It's one of the hospitals in Tel Aviv is allowing, fathers who are having a baby with a surrogate to stay in the maternity ward with the women who actually had their babies. I don't know if that's true. I hope it's not true. And I hope that we push back against some of the craziness and don't really allow it to come here. It's definitely not going to come here in a really big way. Too many conservative people, small c living here, both Muslims, both Jews, both Christians. Um, But Tel Aviv is kind of its own world anyhow. On the way back from the north last week, the the van broke down on Route 6, two hours in the hot sun on Route 6, waiting for a replacement. Um, we were trying to get back to Tel Aviv a little early because the Pride Parade was starting and some of the streets were going to be closed off. So, I mean, we got pretty close to the hotel, but not the whole way, and uh, had interesting discussions in the van about that whole event. And, and uh, you know, the, like I said, Tel Aviv kind of goes by its own rules, but... That two hours in the sun meant that my Decorina chocolate, which I got from the boutique chocolate place in Enzivan on the Golan Heights, melted into one solid mess. Am I saying that I didn't eat it anyway? Of course I did. But uh, yeah, but that was the price that I paid. Thankfully, no more than that. And everybody got there safely. And it's impossible when I was talking to other tour guides about this. I mean, it's impossible to be running around and going with people without occasionally something going wrong. So a car breaking down, having to wait, but everybody eventually getting there safely. I'll take it because uh, there's all when you get out on the road and you go out, there's all kind of like all kinds of crazy things that can happen. And thank God, trying to uh, to keep that all in control. The summer's coming back, seeing tons of people around, especially youth groups. But not only, as it looks like, you know, the COVID is over another discussion, what is in our bodies, those of us who took the vaccine. Stuff's coming out right now that doesn't make me so happy. But that is discussion for a different day and how much we are being manipulated by the powers that be. Some things coming out now in Israel, really coming out like just now, I mean today, about uh, one of the top left-wing journalists in Israel now coming out, I hope he's got security around him, coming out with how the police sat with the journalists and really like to get them, you know, to write badly about Netanyahu and about a lot of other things. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, what is happening here? What is happening in other places? Oh, my God. So this has the potential, if it's reported on the way it should, to really be like a huge, huge deal. Also with Yair Lapid and some of the things that he's been complaining about against Netanyahu, it turns out he's doing himself. So we'll see if this comes out or if it's quashed. Um, but, uh, I try not to pay attention so much to what's happening here politically. I mean, I have to, but as you'll notice, I haven't interviewed a politician for a while. I'll have to get back, get back into that, but it's just, um, I'd rather deal with the fun stuff, with the, with the ATV rides, with the chocolate boutiques, and with you know organizing my thoughts and my education into presenting like beautiful powerpoints or on Shabbat source sheets about some really interesting topics that people don't think about, uh, you know, and being involved with other things. But every once in a while, you just can't avoid the political stuff and. And I do have to like learn about it and read about it and be up on it. But it's just, um, it's just all for all of us living in free societies. Are we, uh, are we losing our grip on the free societies? Like, uh, even this book that I was reading about Egypt, I started talking about that and about the things found in King Tut's tomb, really interesting book. But when he's talking about the land of Israel, Canaan, he's talking about Palestine. And in that time period, that word didn't exist Anywhere, and uh, and I'm going to write to him and say, like, what is that? Is that you know? Because uh, my my radar is up for the little little nuances that feed people information that's not true, that then get them in their brain to feel like, oh, this country is you know indigenous Palestine, so the people are the indigenous people, which of course is a total and utter lie. Um, and even in little things like in a book that really has nothing to do with this situation at all, it's a book about ancient Egypt. These are little subtleties, and I really would like to get an answer. Maybe he can give me a great explanation, and I'll go, okay, fine, I get it, and maybe not. And so it's kind of like everywhere, this revisionist history, and uh, and it, it builds to a crescendo and to people having opinions that are based on not really true things, and, uh, and that is unfortunate to say the least. So um, never fear. Some of us are out here trying to make sure that at least some truth trickles in here and there. And yes, there's opinions, absolutely. But there's also some flat out truths. And that is one of them. Okay, I'm going to balance, this is short and to the point, uh, not guiding today, but still have a whole lot of other things that I have to do, planning trips and making calls and organizing things and pinning people down. And now um, when I go to, in July to to Beth Shalom and Lawrence, they want to have the ancient wines, and that's going to be part of the talk that I give on Shabbat morning. So I got to arrange that, getting some of those wines down here and all kinds of things, all good, all amazing, all good. As long as I'm healthy, got up in the morning, all in control, have a great cup of coffee in front of me, and I'm in the land of Israel. And so uh, just hoping that all those things stay that way. And, uh, you know, when I pray in the morning, I pray for the things that I'd like to have happen, but also more than anything else, gratitude, gratitude, gratitude for the things that I do have. And more than anything else, especially this week, our 35th anniversary of Aliyah, just gratitude for just waking up in the land. So wherever you are, like I said, stay away from the smoke. If you're planning a trip here, be in touch. You know, we've got our day trips, lovely, great to have you on them. If you want to do some private, fun things, personalized Love to be with you if I'm available. Uh, And so, once again, as always, thanks to Tabitha and to Ben for putting this show out to the Land of Israel Network. And uh, take care, everybody. Eve Harrow, Rejuvenation. Goodbye for now. Shalom, everybody. This is Jeremy Gimpel from the Land of Israel Network, but also from the Land of Israel Fellowship. We have members from 31 countries joining us every week, Sunday, live at 6 p.m. For those that can't make it live, they get a direct recording. Just go to thelandofisrael.com slash fellowship. We're growing together. We're learning together. We're celebrating together. The gates are open for all who want to come and join.